MSW Media. Thanks to Zbiotics for supporting the Daily Beans. Zbiotics engineered a pre-alcohol probiotic. Go to zbiotics.com/dailybeans to get 15% off your first order when you use Daily Beans at checkout. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, February 16th, 2023. Today, the Department of Justice has declined to prosecute Matt Gates for sex trafficking, maybe. Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin is opposing an effort to shield menstrual data from law enforcement. Fox News has lost its bid to dismiss the $1.6 billion Smartmatic defamation case. And a judge says Trump's offer of DNA in the E. Jean Carroll case was just a stall tactic. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. A stall tactic. It can't take him that long to get a sample. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone could just pick up and it doesn't even have to be. Ugh, I just went somewhere. I have, but it doesn't. I mean, use one of his Diet Coke cans like someone just take it from Mar-a-Lago and hands it over to the to the court. True. I guess it doesn't have to be that special kind of DNA That's weird for me assuming that at all. Also, later in the show, I'm going to be talking to the state attorney for Palm Beach County, Florida, since 2013. His name is Dave Ehrenberg. We're going to discuss this Matt Gates debacle. So far, Dana, I mean, it's Thursday already. We only have one more day left in this week, and February is halfway gone. Where is the year going? I don't know. It's going faster and faster. I don't know if this was... Does this what happens as you get older? Like, time just turns into warp speed, apparently. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the case. A minute is a lot shorter than a minute was when I was like nine. So mathematically bothers me. (laughs) All right. Well, we do have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. The Justice Department has decided not to bring charges against Matt Gates, Republican of Florida, after a lengthy sex trafficking investigation that imperiled one of the former president's most ambitious and hard charging allies in Congress. In recent weeks, investigators have signaled that they were not likely to pursue criminal charges against Mr. Gates. And that's according to people familiar with the matter. And I'll tell you which people in a minute. And department officials told his legal team about the decision early Wednesday. And that's not according to department officials. Quote, we've just spoken with the DOJ and have been informed that they have concluded their investigation into Congressman Gates and allegations related to sex trafficking and obstruction of justice. And they have determined not to bring any charges against him. That is a quote from Matt Gates's lawyer, Isabel Kirshner, and also another lawyer, Mark Mukasey. That's in a statement. Mr. Gates later unsuccessfully appealed to the White House for a broad preemptive pardon. You'll remember that. That was before Donald left office that might have encompassed the sex trafficking investigation. That's according to people familiar with the discussions. The decision not to prosecute Mr. Gates came two months after his close associate, Joel Greenberg, was sentenced to 11 years in prison on charges including sex trafficking after agreeing to cooperate with prosecutors. And I need to note here that one of the reasons that Greenberg is probably not the best witness for the Department of Justice is that he has fabricated sex trafficking allegations against people in the past. So dear. Okay, good to know. Good to know. That could totally impeach him as a witness. We would end up on a like a Durham Sussman, you know, crazy train. So I just want to make it clear that 
you know, if they are not bringing charges against sex trafficking and obstruction might be because they don't have a reliable witness. A Justice Department spokesman declined to comment. So the Justice Department hasn't said anything. The department's decision, according to Matt Gates's lawyers, was reported earlier by CNN. Prosecutors in Florida, along with other lawyers from the Justice Department's Public Integrity Division, investigated Mr. Gates's encounters with women who were initially contacted online by Mr. Greenberg, who is a former tax collector in Seminole County. And Dana, just to be clear here, when Gates's lawyers say that the DOJ reached out to them saying they're not going to bring charges in the sex trafficking or obstruction of justice case, we have to remember Matt Gates was under investigation for a lot more than just sex trafficking and obstruction. There's a lot of unanswered questions in this reporting, and I don't like when people do that when they release a report without answering all the questions. And so we're going to talk to Dave Ehrenberg later in the show to sort it all out for us. Great, because in the meantime, it's made Matt Gates even more insufferable than he already is, which is no one needs that. So, all right, AG, thank you for that story. And the administration of Governor Glenn Youngkin, and he's the Republican, as we know, he helped defeat a bill. He helped defeat a bill this week to put menstrual data stored on period tracking apps beyond the reach of law enforcement, blocking what supporters pitched as a basic privacy measure. And it should be. This whole fucking story is creepy to me. Millions of women use mobile apps to track their cycles. And this is a practice that has occasionally raised data security worries because the apps are not bound by HIPAA, which is the federal health privacy law. New concerns arose after the Supreme Court gave states the right to ban abortion in June, with some abortion rights groups warning that the information could be used to prosecute women or doctors who violate a state's restrictions on the procedure. SB 852 proposed by Senator Barbara Favola, who's a Democrat in Arlington, would have prohibited, it would have prohibited search warrants from being issued for menstrual data stored on computers or other electronic devices. The measure sailed out of the Democratic-led Senate last week on a 31 to 9 vote with every Democrat and half of the chamber's 18 Republicans also in support of this. But a Republican-led House subcommittee voted along party lines Monday to table the bill, essentially killing it. After Maggie Cleary, Youngkin's Deputy Secretary of Public Safety and Homeland Security, detailed the administration's concerns that the measure could restrict subpoena powers. This is a quote. While the administration understands the importance of individuals' privacy, Mm. we do oppose this bill, she began. This bill would be the very first of its kind that I'm aware of, in Virginia or anywhere, that would set a limit on what search warrants can do. Currently, any health information or any app information is available via search warrant. And we believe that should continue to be the case. If approved, Cleary, the bill would, and again, a quote, ultimately open the door to put further limits on search warrants down the road. And that would be incredibly problematic. Okay. Yep. So you can't have our period history because then you'll want other like actual crimes. Right. Absolutely. Just like, you know, marriage equality would then lead to people wanting to marry their animals. These people are insane. Abortion rights advocates on Tuesday cast the administration's response as a harbinger of plans to prosecute people who receive abortions, an accusation Republicans batted down. I don't think that's necessarily that far-fetched. Virginia law allows prosecutors to charge doctors who violate the state's abortion restrictions, but not their patients. Some prominent Virginia Republicans who support tighter abortion restrictions have ruled out adding penalties for patients, including Attorney General Jason Miares. He's a Republican in a speech last month at a March for Life event in Richmond, and House Speaker Delegate Todd Gilbert, he's the Republican from Shenandoah, in a statement issued Tuesday, 
through spokesperson Garen Shipley. Now, the House has yet to act on another Senate bill brought by Senator Scott Suravel, he's the Democrat from Fairfax, that would prohibit the sell or dissemination of menstrual data to third parties without the consumer's consent, which seems like fucking obvious to me. But uh, Suravel said that measure, which is SB 1243, would not prevent disclosure to law enforcement, though. Now, Suravel's bill would prevent the governor from extraditing someone who obtains legal abortion services in Virginia to a state that seeks to prevent its citizens from going out of state for procedures banned at home. Hmm. I mean, it's just this whole thing with the menstrual data being public. I mean, that they're trying to collect, you know, female athletes in Florida and other places. I mean, it's all it's this is all just bananas to me. Yeah. I mean, their their actual thinking is, well, if we pass a bill that stops us from sending your period tracking data to law enforcement, where does it end? Does that, you know, does that mean law enforcement can't get a search warrant to, I don't know, look for classified documents in your fucking house? Like, I'm just so pissed about this. It's the dumbest thing ever. Their slippery slope shit is an it's old. It's a trope. It's played out. I hate it. I do, too. All right. Next up, a federal judge on Wednesday rejected the former guy's offer of DNA evidence, saying Trump's legal team was trying to stall the upcoming trial in the rape case that writer E. Jean Carroll brought against him last fall. The judge, Lewis Kaplan of U.S. District Court in Manhattan, noted that the offer last week came after a deadline to disclose evidence. And one day after the parties had filed a joint order, making clear that they would not call any DNA experts as witnesses. It was part of a pattern of tactics deployed by Trump, the, quote, effect and probable purpose of which has been to delay a trial that is set for April. Judge Kaplan said the stalling was notable, quote, in view of the fact that Miss Carroll is now 79 years old, a point that the judge has raised in the past, adding that there is no justification for such a deal. Ms. Carroll, an author and former longtime Elle magazine columnist, accused Trump of raping her nearly 30 years ago in a memoir she released in 2019. Trump denied her accusation, saying at the time that he never met this person in his life and called her a liar, intent on selling a book. The ruling on Wednesday comes less than a week after Trump's lawyer wrote that the former president was willing to submit his DNA under certain conditions. Joseph Takapina, Trump's lawyer, said in his filing Friday that the offer was not seeking to delay the trial date. In her response hours later, Ms. Carroll's lawyer, Robbie Kaplan, who we love, who is not related to the judge, said the last minute offer was in bad faith and would delay the proceedings. Kaplan had no comment on the judge's order. And Takapina also declined to comment. That's Trump's lawyer. As we know, in the fall of 2019, Carol sued Donald, setting off a three-year legal battle, saying his statements had defamed her by damaging her reputation and career. Last year, she added a suit accusing him of rape under a New York law that allows civil actions to be brought years after the criminal statute of limitation had run out. Mr. Trump was seeking to offer his DNA in exchange for an appendix that is missing from a laboratory report that Ms. Carol commissioned about genetic material on a dress she wore when, she says, Trump assaulted her in the Bergdorf-Goodman dressing room in the late 90s. The report in question is one that Mr. Trump has had, except for the missing appendix, for three years. That's what Judge Kaplan said. You've had this for three years. In addition, the judge said Trump made it clear that a copy of that appendix would be only a first step and that he would want more evidence related to it, therefore, quote, introducing a complicated new subject into this case that both sides elected not to pursue over a period of years. So that's his game, right? Yeah. He's like, if I can get that appendix, I'll give you the DNA. And then he would file supplement after supplement after, su- you know, and just drag it out longer. When the report detailing an examination of Carol's DNA 
and the dress shoes she said she was wearing at the time of the incident was initially produced. Carol requested Trump's DNA to compare with the sample collected, and Trump refused. In any case, the judge noted, even if Trump provided DNA, it might not matter. Quote, it is possible the results of further DNA analysis using Trump's DNA sample would be entirely inconclusive, he wrote. Oh, man, I just, I, I, he's got to go down for one of these billion lawsuits that are, I mean, something's got to fucking give. All right, Fox News, you know, love to hate him. Uh, lost an attempt Tuesday to shut down a multi-billion dollar defamation lawsuit that accuses the network of spreading lies that a voting technology company helped, quote, steal the 2020 election from Donald. Now, New York Supreme Court, the appellate division, which is a mid-level appeals court, they ruled against the network, which is wonderful, which wanted the judges to dismiss the $2.7 billion with a B dollar defamation case. Now, the company that brought the case, Smartmatic, has said it played a valid and small role in the election. It hailed the ruling as a step toward holding Fox News accountable for amplifying unsupported and damaging claims from Trump's lawyers. And they all did. Now, Fox News cast the case as an attempt to chill journalism, expressing comp, which is funny because Fox News isn't (laughs) fucking journalism. It's an entertainment network, expressing confidence the network ultimately would prevail. Now, Tuesday's decision means Smartmatic suit continues against Fox News. Host Maria Bartiromo, drunk Janine Pirro, Former host Lou Dobbs and Trump attorney, uh, also currently drunk, Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) A claim against Trump lawyer Sidney Powell was dismissed earlier because she doesn't have ties to New York, where the case was actually filed. Well, the five-judge ruling concluded that there were significant allegations that Giuliani and Powell defamed the company, and they did. This is a quote. The complaint alleges in detailed fashion that in their coverage and commentary, Fox News, Dobbs, and Bartiromo effectively endorsed and participated in the statements with reckless disregard for or serious doubts about whether there was any reliable evidence for them. Five judges wrote in a unanimous opinion. Now, citing the same reasoning, they also reinstated Smartmatic's claims against Pirro, which a lower court had actually thrown out. Now, federal and state election officials, exhaustive reviews in battleground states and Trump's own attorney general and about a billion other people found no widespread fraud that could have changed the outcome of the 2020 election, nor did they uncover any credible evidence that the vote was tainted in any way. Now, Trump's allegations of fraud also were roundly rejected by dozens, literally dozens of courts, including by judges whom he had actually appointed. Now, the ruling comes as Fox News fights a separate $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit from Denver-based Dominion voting systems with a trial date in April. The network also is fighting lawsuit from a Venezuelan businessman who said he was wrongly accused of trying to corrupt the election. So, <laughs> I mean, Fox News is in a lot of shit right now. Yeah, and I misspoke in the intro of the headlines of the show. I said a $1.6 billion suit. That is the oh, Dominion right. suit. Yeah, the Smartmatic one is $2.7 billion. Also, I think that they are probably going to be trying to get the results of that Berkeley research firm report that we just learned about this week that said we looked at 12 million different things and there was no voter fraud. And we told Trump and Meadows and uh, they didn't release our report and findings to the public. Uh, I also have my beans on the fact that because Trump didn't like what the Berkeley firm had to say, maybe he didn't pay them. And uh, and maybe that's why they're maybe that's who leaked it. Maybe they they called the press and said, fuck this guy. Probably. Check out. Check out what we found. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like a little late there, Berkeley. But, uh, uh, you know, anyway, there's probably some sort of NDA involved. All right. We'll be right back with Dave Ehrenberg 
And uh, I'm excited to talk to him about what the frick is going on with this Matt Gates case, because we've heard two separate occasions now from his lawyers that there aren't going to be any sex trafficking allegations. And they're just seeming to repeat the same thing here. And I'm, I'm just confused as to why it's new. So we'll try to sort that out right after this break. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Have you ever skipped a morning workout because of the drinks you had the night before? Yeah, me too. Uh, if you want to stay committed to your healthy mornings this year, you need Zbiotics. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. And here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in your gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your next day that's rough. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut, where you need it the most. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol, drink responsibly, and get a good night's sleep, and then you'll feel your best tomorrow. Every time I have Zbiotics before drinking, it makes such a huge difference the next day. Even after drinks the night before, I know I'll be able to wake up with the energy I need to tackle my day, go to the gym, and I won't feel lousy, I won't feel drained. Now I can go out with friends, and I don't have to worry about what I'm going to feel like the next day. Give Zbiotics a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com slash dailybeans to get 15% off your first order when you use code dailybeans, all one word, at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's Zbiotics. Z-B-I-O-T-I-C-S dot com slash daily beans and use code daily beans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I've got an important guest on deck, but some breaking news just crossed my desk. Beep, 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 beep. Ships at sea. Apparently, Jack Smith subpoenaed Mark Meadows in January, according to Caitlin Collins at CNN. I'm going to go over that in more detail on tomorrow's beans and, of course, in way more detail on the Jack podcast this Sunday. And now for our long awaited guest, please welcome. He is the state attorney for Palm Beach County, Florida, since 2013. Uh, He's going to help us go over this Gates mess. Please welcome Dave Ehrenberg. Hi, Dave. It's great to be with you, Allison. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. I got to meet you at Ellie Honig's book release party. Everybody check out Untouchable by Ellie Honig if you get a chance. Really cool book. But it was great to meet you. And uh, you saw me. I was taken aback when you're like, yeah, West Palm Beach. I'm the, and I'm like, right now, you're that's your job right now. Really? We should talk. So I'm very glad <laughs> that you're here because today there seems to be a story that seems to be a repeat of a September story. The sources for this story are Matt Gates's lawyers who have said that they spoke to the DOJ and they're not going to bring sex trafficking or obstruction of justice charges against Matt Gates, which is exactly the same thing they said in September, but add on the obstruction of justice charges. So here's what I think happened. I think back in September, maybe they had heard from the DOJ that they weren't going to continue with the sex trafficking or they weren't going to bring charges in the sex trafficking case. And then when they found out there wasn't going to be any charges in the obstruction of justice case, which is one of like six things he's being investigated for, maybe when that got sent out, they said, oh, we, we just heard today no sex trafficking and no obstruction of justice. Maybe they're just adding on and spreading it out to make it seem uh, really cool. I'm not sure, but I have a lot of questions for you. What are your top line thoughts when you read this story, Dave? Yeah, and it's great to be with you because Mueller Shirot is my favorite Twitter account to follow. So it's really an honor to be on the, the podcast. So here's what I think happened. And you and I are both you know, guessing at it. But based on what we know, when originally the news came out, it was lawyers within DOJ who said that they were not going to recommend that Matt Gates be charged with child sex trafficking. And that became a big story. And now we see it's expanded 
beyond child sex trafficking to obstruction of justice. And there have been some reports that they're not going to charge him at all. I got the sense that the decision has been made by the Attorney General Merrick Garland not to charge Matt Gates with child sex trafficking or obstruction of justice, but that the other charges may still be on the table. It, we just don't know yet. And if that's the case, I've always thought that the other potential charges pose a greater risk to Matt Gates than child sex trafficking, because when it comes to the big whammy, which is punishable by life of child sex trafficking, you're really relying on two key witnesses, and neither would be uh, liked by the jury. First, Joel Greenberg, who's a walking criminal enterprise, and number two, the alleged victim, who was at the time 17 years old and who created a fake profile of herself on seeking arrangements to claim that she was 19. So she's not the most sympathetic victim. Plus, she is involved in the sex worker industry, which, again, not passing any judgments, but juries don't like that kind of profile. Yeah. Uh, Florida juries, uh, I'm thinking particularly. I'm pro-sex work. I'm anti-Vastasetza. But, you know, it occurs to me also that, you know, Empty Wheel, Marcy Wheeler, has written that Joel Greenberg has fabricated sex trafficking accusations in the past. And so that actually adds on to his, you know, walking criminal enterprise, not the best person to be, uh, you know, a witness in your case. If your star witnesses can both be easily impeached on the stand, you end up in a Durham-Sussman situation with an, with an acquittal. So, you know, I don't know too much about this because this is not a special counsel investigation. We don't have to get a declination decision. We don't have to get a report. They're not required to tell us why they declined to prosecute or, you know, if, if there were specific charges they declined to prosecute. We may not know. But, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions about this reporting and the sourcing. And I'm not just saying that because I really want him to go to jail. I'm saying that because these questions haven't been answered yet. They weren't answered to my satisfaction in September and they weren't answered to my satisfaction today. So talk a little bit about the difference for me between because what CNN was reporting was that the line prosecutors made this decision and told Merrick Garland that they weren't going to do this. It wasn't like they decided they wanted to indict for sex trafficking and obstruction and went up to. Merrick Garland and said, we have a case. And Merrick Garland said, no, you're not going to and and put a stamp of denial on it. I think that generally these prosecutors have they're pretty independent and they usually just sort of tell the attorney general what they're doing. And the attorney general, you know, I mean, I'm sure at the, the Matt Gates level would have to sign off on it. But there's no indication here that the, the attorney general overturned any line prosecutor's decision to prosecute. And like, do you know what I'm saying? Correct. And it looks like he just validator just signed off on the recommendations from the line prosecutors. Now, when it comes to Matt Gates, they brought in some big time prosecutors from the public corruption unit and uh, a sex from special victims unit where they came out of main justice because they didn't want the same prosecutors who were dealing with the Joel Greenberg case in the middle district of Florida to be the ones making the decision solely on Matt Gates because of the political ramifications. So when people say, hey, he got special treatment, well, I mean, in that sense, yes, they did bring in extra people. And you know that Merrick Garland is not going to overturn a decision by his line prosecutors not to prosecute. There's no way that Merrick Garland that we know is going to say, yeah, I know your recommendation is that we're not going to prosecute, but we're going to do it anyways. Hmm. So I think that that's what's happening. here. And by the way, uh, what you were saying about empty wheel, that's correct. Part of the problem with Joel Greenberg is that when he was running for reelection, as tax collector of Seminole County, he had a Republican opponent in a primary, a teacher, and he fabricated 
allegations against them of child sex trafficking. So this is what Matt Gates's lawyers would put on the stand, say, oh, you're the you're the key witness for the government. Now, you've done this before, haven't you? You lied before about this. Why should we believe you now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's totally impeachable. I mean, it was a little different in the in the Durham Sussman trial because their star witness, Jim Baker, didn't you know, he, he wasn't a bad dude or anything. He wasn't like a criminal enterprise or anything. He was a general counsel at the FBI. But, you know, he had told conflicting testimony to the inspector general, to Congress and to the grand jury. And so that made him and, and he was the only one who witnessed this conversation in which apparently Sussman lied. And so they impeached him. They were able to impeach him on the stand as a witness. Now, I mean, we could talk about the fact that the, the lie wasn't material and that Durham probably shouldn't be a special prosecutor at all anyway, because mm-hmm. he came from inside the government. But, you know, aside from all that, we just, you know, those declinations to prosecute and prosecutorial discretion are a very big part of, you know, whether or not to bring charges. And I know Glenn Kirshner has a video out on it now. If you follow Glenn Kirshner on Twitter, he talks about those declinations to prosecute. Talk about with your work in West Palm Beach about, you know, declinations to prosecute. I mean, it has to happen all the time, right? You some just sometimes have shit witnesses. Well, I'll give you a, a specific example. You remember the Corey Lewandowski case? <laughs> yeah. that, that was mine because and the police, they're charged. People, people, uh, I was on the cover of the New York Post. Trump prosecutor is Hillary's man with my picture. They never called me in advance. They didn't tell me. And at that point, I had done as much on that case as you had, Allison. I, I had done nothing. So in our in our system, in many jurisdictions like Florida, it's the police that investigate the crime. You know, law and order. I'm the second half of the TV show. So what happens when the police investigate and they say, we're going to make an arrest we're gonna, or we're going to charge using a notice to appear, which is a charging document? For that, they just need probable cause. It's not a very big burden. All they need is probable cause. But for us as prosecutors, we have to prove cases beyond any reasonable doubt. So it is unethical for prosecutors to file charges based on probable cause alone. We have to have a good faith basis that we can get a conviction beyond any reasonable doubt. And I think this is one of those cases where, yeah, there may be probable cause, but they don't have beyond a reasonable doubt because of the lack of corroboration of the flawed witnesses. Yeah. And the and the feds even have a, a little step further in the federal criminal code. Right. They, it's not just beyond a reasonable doubt. It's you have to be able to maintain and obtain a conviction after, you know, after appeal upon appeal. And so there's even that a little extra consideration there. But, you know, I I would love to know more about this. I would love to hear from uh, perhaps the Department of Justice, perhaps the public integrity unit guys that came down. Like you said, there was a public integrity specialist and a child sex trafficking specialist or a child exploitation specialist that came down from Maine Justice. I would like to hear from perhaps them. But the thing is, again, DOJ is not required to give us the reasons they didn't prosecute. That is left to a special counsel. If a special counsel had had this investigation, then they would have to file a report, much like Mueller did and much like Jack Smith will have to do, to say, here's who I prosecuted and why, and here's who I declined to prosecute and why. We're not going to see that. And I, I don't know that we necessarily will. My, my questions may go unanswered. Right. And that's why the only way we'll find out is through the lawyers from Matt Gates. But I know a lot of us are questioning their motivations because obviously they're motivated to tell the world that their client is cleared, but they have a professional reputation. And it would be quite embarrassing if their client was charged with something after they told the public that, no, our guy is cleared. Now, that's why it's important for us to track down whether or not he's cleared for other crimes, like identity theft. That was an allegation here, like wire fraud, like campaign finance violations, 
like violations of the Mann Act, which is the federal law that says you can't transport individuals across state or federal lines for the purposes of prostitution. All these things were supposedly in play. But right now we're only hearing about child sex trafficking and obstruction of justice slash witness tampering. Yep. Yep. And uh, we'll see how that goes. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. The witnesses in the child sex trafficking and obstruction of justice case are the same witnesses, correct? Yes. In that the key to the whole thing, to the whole government's case, I always thought was Matt Gates's ex-girlfriend. Matt Gates's ex-girlfriend, who also worked for the federal and state government, who had no axe to grind against Matt Gates. They were on good terms. She supposedly knew not only Matt Gates very well, but also the victim in the case, and so she knew all the bodies were buried, to use a metaphor. She was on the trip to the Bahamas, that's in question, and the feds gave her immunity to testify before the grand jury. And so I thought, all right, this is going to be it. But apparently, whatever she provided was not enough to provide adequate corroboration to seek an indictment of Matt Gates. So I would love to know what she said, but as you know, there are grand jury secrecy rules, and so we're never going to find out what she said unless there's an indictment. Yeah. And so I'm I'm kind of with you on this in my speculation uh, in that uh, they probably aren't going to bring charges against Matt Gates for obstruction of justice and sex trafficking or his lawyers wouldn't have said that. But I do think that the other things are probably still on the table. We haven't I haven't seen anything to, I, I guess, you know, uh, go against that myself. I haven't seen any letter or anything from anyone anywhere, a letter from the DOJ or anything. I, I've heard rumors that they're out there, but I haven't seen them. No, and you're right. I haven't seen it either, but I have seen people talk about it like it's a done deal. Um, so I think it's unlikely at this stage that Matt Gates gets charged for anything resulting from this this matter. But I agree with you that until we hear definitively, uh, you know, we don't know. Not even his lawyers I've seen have said that, yeah, he's off the hook for everything. So we'll see. Oh, and by the way, I think I buried uh, the lead on the other thing. I, I, I didn't charge Corey Lewandowski because uh, we didn't have uh, proof that we can convict him beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, and, and that was because uh, the video showed otherwise. But that could be another podcast for another day. <laughs> yeah, another podcast for another day. Next time Corey Lewandowski pops up in the news, and I'm sure he will at some point, we'll make sure to have you back on. I really appreciate your time today. State Attorney for Palm Beach County, Florida, since 2013, Dave Ehrenberg. Thanks for your time. Hey, follow me on Twitter, at Ehrenberg. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play What the Mutt with us, or you have a binky story, or a, a whoopee story, or a stuffed animal story, you want to give a shout out to somebody you love, or a shout out to an adoptable pet in your area, or a cool local business that you want to draw attention to, anything you want to send, you can send us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right, first up, Dana from Jesse, pronouns she and her. Dear Beans Queens, as a teacher, thank you, Jesse, for being a teacher. The past few years have been um, interesting, to say the least. We turned on a dime to make our classroom virtual with no time or much help, and we still made it happen. My good news is that I feel like we're finally starting to get back on track. Our school board situation was chaotic, as are most across the country, as most people didn't realize how much these small elections matter. We were able to elect two wonderful and highly qualified candidates, so now we have a small and precarious common-sense 3-2 majority. I highly encourage listeners to learn about and support candidates that have the students' and teachers' best interests at heart. 
I'd love to share some of my current art students' work. Better yet, all of it's up for auction as a fundraiser for our fine arts program. There will be a link in the show notes, everybody. For pet tax, I'm including our latest rescue, Freeha. She's a little over one, and our two-year-old husky has been smitten with her since we brought her home from the rescue, and he held her paw the whole way from L.A. to San Diego in the back of a Jeep. Oh. We did a DNA test, but guess the mutt, plus some of the student art up for bid. Ooh. Wow. These are really good. I love it. For bid. Wait a minute. I know, right? I want that swan pond. Donuts. No. There's donuts. <laughs> that sounded like dessert Tourette's. <laughs> I want that I like- swan pond. Donuts. Whoop. <laughs> I'm Squirrel, so sorry. Yeah. You know what? I'm so sorry. If anyone out there actually does have Tourette's, I apologize. I, I'm fascinated, fascinated by the disorder, but that did sound like dessert Tourette's. Yeah, no, donuts are my squirrel. That's yeah, what, squirrel. Yeah. Dessert squirrel. Okay, look at these babies. Oh, the eyes. All right, what do you suppose? Golden? Oh, which one are we looking at? The non-husky. Oh, okay. That, that'll work. Uh, <laughs> shepherd? Golden? Mask? Uh, looks like there is some chow in there. Yeah, it actually does look like there's chow in there. Maybe a something big like a Pyrenees? Could be. And a All wolf. Right. Let's see what we got. <laughs> German Shepherd, Great Ooh. Pyrenees. We got two. Nice. And also, then the uh, other one's an Italian Pyrenees. An so. Italian Pyrenees. <laughs> so I think we got 100% on this. Also, honestly. what the fuck? I bet the Italians are pissed that one's called a Great Pyrenees and the other one's just the Italian one. Yeah, not so Great Pyrenees. Uh, womp, 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 womp. Maremma is what it is. It's a beautiful dog. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. And also, amazing art students you have and uh, everybody again you can bid on these art pieces at the link in the show notes so great and that's raising money for their school's fine art program very cool nice i'm probably snag both of these i bet you're going to tell me to this is from anonymous pronouns she and her i googled the open hearts jewelry collection from jane seymour (laughs) (laughs) i am dying laughing oh my god that's funny you're the best it looks like balls right i'm sorry right (laughs) And then Judy, pronouns she and her, I heart you both. Dana, this is available on Etsy just for you. And it is literally an anatomical heart with ventricles and everything. That is really detailed. Ooh, they make it in rose gold. I'd have to get one. Ventricles? Is that right? Ventricles? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there's aortas and ventricles. Aortas. Valves and veins and there's all kinds of stuff. Aortas. That's probably, now I have to Google while you do this other story of ventricles are actually part of the heart. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) As the warm blood flows with the red blood blood cells through the large four-chambered heart. Yeah. Yeah, there's ventricles. Okay. Maintaining the very high metabolism rate they have. Okay. Well, they might be giants. Mammal for you. All right. Next up from Stephanie, pronoun she and her. I want to thank you for all that you do and all the hard work you put into making this daily podcast. You're welcome, Stephanie. It really makes getting the news in this current hellscape a lot easier to digest. I live in Utah, and in our 2022 primaries, we had the opportunity to vote out Mike Lee, which unfortunately didn't happen. However, my wonderful husband, who doesn't see the point of voting in primaries as Democrats are in such a red state, ended up voting in the primaries for his first time. Nice. We may be stuck with Mike Lee for way too long, but I was very glad to see my husband decide to use his voice with his vote. I've included a picture of our baby girl, Georgia. 
who will be nine months old next week. These photos were taken at a Valentine's Day photo shoot. Georgia is our first baby, and we love her more than we ever thought we could. We want to make the USA and the world safer for her and her future. Love you guys. Hugs. Oh, my God, Dana. Dana, are you looking? Oh, my good. Look at the babies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at the babies. The head. Am I looking? Look at those eyes and the head. <laughs> I, I need one of those headbands. I need the onesie and the headband. I need it all. Oh, and the man. chocolate. Give it all. Send it all over. I'll take, oh my God, the baby feet. Look at the little toes all curled up. <gasps> oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sweet, sweet baby. Thank you for that. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. This is from KC. Initials KC. Pronouns she, they. Hello, Beans Queens. I have a shit kid say story for you. Nice. And I wanted to excuse to fangirl over an ancient African queen in honor of Black History Month. When I was a kid, I had difficulty saying the word spaghetti. I would pronounce spaghetti as spicetti or spisgetti. This apparently amused my mother to no end, and she would ask me repeatedly to say it and then laugh at me. <laughs> That's what we do. Yep. Yep. In honor of Black History Month, I wanted to share my historical girl crush with you and the listeners. Queen, and it's pronounced Uman E. Reynus. Uman E. Reynus. Uman E. Reynus? Uman E. Reynus. Yeah. Uman E. Reynus. If Dana, if Jesus, and in parentheses and says, in, and that, that pronunciation was put in there, and it says, and I quote, if Dana is stuck reading this, <laughs> oh my God, what have I done? What have you all done to me? Um, so Imani ruled the kingdom of Kush, which was located south of ancient Egypt. She was a legendary badass who needs her own movie. Not only did she make the Roman Empire have to negotiate with her kingdom after Egypt got its butt kicked by the Romans, she also knew how to make a statement. She had the broken bronze head of Emperor Augustus buried beneath the steps of her kingdom's temple to victory. This meant that she and her people would be walking above and on the bronze head of a Roman emperor while in their temple to victory. That is pretty brilliant. This bronze head of Augustus can now be seen in the British Museum. Thank you for continuing to create content, even when there are bad days and obstacles. Keep up the good work. Oh, Augustus, Augustus looks, looks sad. so sad that he's <laughs> he's like I lost another one. Queen Amini Reyes of the African warrior oh, uh, Kandaki, remembered as a fierce warrior and strong leader, um, steward Ooh. of vast wealth, builder of pyramids. Lost an eye, her husband and her son, and in and both her okay, an eye and her husband and her son in battle, and she brokered a long-lasting peace treaty in the face of Roman oppression. Fuck yeah, she looks like a bad ass. Go, Amani Reyes. She's beautiful, 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 beautiful. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I love historical girl crushes. All right, next up, Ruth. Pronoun she and her. This is our last entry here. Thanks so much, Dana, for those words of encouragement to us single people during Valentine's Day. My lover broke up with me on the 13th with a text message saying that since we last saw each other 10 days ago, we found someone else and a romance quickly ensued. He cares about me and hopes this doesn't affect our friendship of 15 years. That really hurt. I'm wondering what words you and Allison might have for him, like douchebag, etc. Would make my day to hear it out loud on the beans. Well, this is what I'll say, Ruth. Assuming you didn't do something crazy like boil a rabbit on his stove. I think this guy is a jerk for text messaging you and breaking up, especially after 15 years of friendship. So right there, douchebag. Now that is assuming nothing crazy on your end has happened. We are obviously only hearing one side, Sir Ruth. 
there is someone better out there for you, someone that will communicate. And you know what? If you can't respect your 15 years of friendship and at least talk to you face to face, he doesn't deserve you, my dear. He doesn't deserve you. Yeah. You don't want that douchebag back, Ruth. That's right. Fuck that noise. F that guy. I mean, maybe you'll be friends at some point, but like, mm, I don't even know. I mean, I imagine you're so awesome. There's enough people in your life that you don't really need. Right. To have a friend like that. And if he really did use the words, a romance quickly ensued, I don't want you with him anyway. (laughs) (sighs) Well. All right. I am sorry, though, if your heart is hurting. Uh, Please take care of yourself and make sure you surround yourself with love. It's kind of a jackass thing to do. Like, come on, people. Yeah, over text. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Sometimes things don't work out, but like over time. Talk to someone. 15 years of friendship? Uh Uh-uh. Agreed. All right. Well, thank you uh, very much for that. And uh, it reminds me, that reminds me of the days we used to have Amy's court, remember? We should bring that back and do Dana's court and you can be the judge. So if you have a a conflict, you know, that you would like resolved, send in your case uh, to to Dana's court, along with any other good news you have and baby photos and frog orgies, whatever you want to send to us, do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana. Yes. Any final thoughts today? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was going to, and then I got my days confused. So no, I don't. Um, no. All right. Well, in that case, uh, we'll be back in your ears tomorrow, everybody. So until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.